Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, welcome back to the Praying Christian Women podcast. We are going to jump into part two of our topic of how organizing your prayer life is like organizing your home. If you joined us last week on episode 229, you'll know that we went into a discussion about some of the parallels between the systems we use and the philosophy behind organizing our homes and how that that kind of relates to our prayer lives and our relationship with God. So if you did not catch that last week, you want to go back probably to episode 229 and get the first part of the conversation because we literally cut it in half. We went so far over. We had so many things to say about this that we wanted to break it into two parts so that it, they, they each weren't so terribly long. But if you joined us last week, welcome to part two. And we hope that this episode will be a blessing for you and will just help you to continue to draw closer to God and to pray like you and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Another concept from from Dana's podcast and her books that she brings up regularly is this clutter threshold. And it goes back to our organization, uh, I'm sorry, our, our individuality yeah. when it comes to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She talks about how she grew up in a house that was always very tidy, mm-hmm. but her mom had tons of knickknacks all over the place. Mm-hmm. And... And just stuff all over. And she is able to maintain that. And so Dana felt like as she got older that she could have a bunch of stuff too. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I just came to realize my clutter threshold is, it's the idea of everyone has a different size plate. Yeah. So of course our prayers are not clutter. But But our thoughts can feel cluttered. Our thoughts can feel Mm -hmm. cluttered. And so Mm -hmm. if you're a person that's like, I have tons and tons of stuff on my prayer list, but, or, you know, or in my, in my prayer life, not yes. my list, but, um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a burden, then mm-hmm. that's fine. That's yep. totally fine. Just like yep. the person. And, and likewise, when we talk about organization, some people have like, you know, um, all the organization systems intact and everything in its place mm-hmm. and every place for its thing or whatever the same. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Other people don't like that. Other people are like, I would rather have a pile of of things here where I know where that pile is and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And other people, you know, it it really, your style needs to come into play here. So absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, because there is a lot of room for just personality and preference. And actually your story about Dana and her mom, there's actual generational differences like boomer women are knickknacky by generality. It was just kind of 
you know, for, for who knows what reason, you know, when you think of somebody with curio cabinets with lots of things in them, you think about a boomer aged woman and, you know, so if you're in that age category and if that applies to you, I think it'd be really interesting to ask yourself, "Hmm, why do you know, what does this tell me about me? What in, in, in all good ways, right? What is, what can I learn about my personality by liking this millennial? So, you know, women in their thirties ish, um, it's gotten way more minimalistic, you know, it's white walls and, you know, everything's kind of one, one tone and there's not a lot of clutter and it is, it's very interesting. And of course there are, you know, these are just generation, generation differences. It's not as though, you know, if you're in your thirties, you have white walls and no curio cabinet. And then uh, what they're saying now is that the Gen Z, so the people kind of just graduating high school and college, like, there let's put everything up on the walls let's you know let's have everything and again it's yeah what does this say about you because I know for me I do um other than my plants like some people would say that I have I, I hate to even say it, I have too many plants in my house I hate to even say it. No. <laughs> but but for me there's a sense of comfort and love similar mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess to a 70 year old woman who's got these knickknacks actually I can tell you from personal experience I have a friend who fits that demographic and super knickknacky but every single knickknack she has like she's the kind of person I forget what the animal is but she's like she just she collects pigs or you know whatever the animal is and so right. people know she loves these little pig knickknacks and they give them to her and she she remembers like oh 30 years ago this person that I love gave me this to celebrate that so for her there is a sense of love and joy and actually that reminds me of something else I wanted to mention about organization and that's bringing a sense of gratitude into it all you're taking everything out of your closet and instead of being like I hate how messy this is instead change it to I am so thankful that I have these things I'm so thankful that I have this space I'm so thankful that I have the time and mental energy to take an inventory of what I've got and to allow that to really infuse your organizing. Yeah, no, I think that that whole mindset thing just goes back to if you approach this with a have to mentality, mm-hmm. it is going to feel burdensome. And if you approach it with a, okay, this is a blessing, this is going to end, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to be enjoyable. But I, I have another organizing the home kind of thing that Dana talks about, which is if you think that you just have to wait to begin the habits, the daily habits, because there are two different things. There's organizing and then there are the daily habits that go into maintaining your home. So with our prayer lives, there is the organizing aspect and then there are just the daily disciplines of prayer right? And, and just going through the motions. But if you feel like you have to wait to get into those daily routines until everything is perfectly organized, you're never going to get into those routines. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with your prayer life, but you're waiting to get totally organized before you get into like just Mm -hmm. praying every day, like, you know, or every week or whatever it is, you're never going 
to probably get no, there. No, that's so true. It's kind of like the woman who's like, well, I'll start eating better once I lose some weight yes. <laughs> or I'll start exercising once I lose, you know, some weight. It's like you, yeah. you got to start with something or I'll go to the gym once I'm a yes. little more in shape and I'm not embarrassed yeah. to be seen at the gym. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. No, go ahead and, and take whatever the first step needs to be. Like everything needs to start with something to get anywhere. And there is friction. Like that's how walking works. There has to be friction or walking wouldn't work, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it might make you feel a little uncomfortable. Um, and that's good. Yeah. Well, another, um, there, there are a couple of other just kind of general takeaways that I was thinking about from the, the home organization side mm-hmm. of things um, is there's kind of, the, the container rule is a big mm-hmm. one in, in Dana's podcast where she talks about if I have a drawer, like an art drawer for mm-hmm. art supplies, that drawer is, the, is, is all there is. And what yes. she used to do is she mm-hmm. would fill it until it couldn't even be closed. And mm-hmm. then she would overflow into other areas. Yeah. And do this too. Um, so she has kind of a one in one out policy. If she okay, puts a yeah. new supply in, she takes something out that maybe has gotten old or whatever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as you kind of get past this initial organizing into the maintenance phase of, you know, just kind of maintaining the systems that help you to stay a little bit less overwhelmed in your prayer life, mm-hmm. the kind of one in one out without being legalistic right. about it. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like an old paintbrush. This is a person's life that you're praying <laughs> right. for or an issue. But yeah. if you kind of make a habit of just kind of doing that check-in, like, oh, I told you know, Mary, that I would pray for her today. Mm-hmm. Let me put her on the list, but let me just scan the list real quick. Is there anything that I could take off? You know, just right. kind of or get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Like with Sandy's example, before you add someone else to your daily list, move somebody to that weekly list. Exactly. You know, because right. otherwise you, mm-hmm. you do overtax yourself. Just mm-hmm. like, I mean, imagine anybody, it doesn't matter what size of a home you're in now. Imagine moving to a place with double the size. The first month, you're going to be like, we have so much space. Isn't this amazing? I guarantee that by a year and for most of us a lot sooner, we are not going to feel as though we have any more space than we did when we had half the size. Like uh, nature hates a vacuum. If there's empty space, it gets filled with something unless you're really deliberate about making sure, nope, I've got one drawer for this and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think about when my husband and I, I think sometimes longingly about when my husband and I moved into our first home uh-huh. after we got married and we had an entire front room with no furniture. It was literally yeah. empty. And yeah. And downstairs is where we had our couch. We had two couches. Mm-hmm. Actually, we had one couch and two uh-huh. like camp chairs. Yep. <laughs> so like- it was like that the whole year that we lived there. And I yeah. remember some church people came from a church uh-huh. that we visited and we invited them in and Matt's like, are they going to think we're so weird? Right. The, the room that you walk into when you first come in the house is completely uh-huh. empty. And, yeah. But you know, it's, it, yeah. Anyway, I, I think about that now when our house mm-hmm. is bursting at the seams after yep. 10 years of living here and not yep. enough 
one in, one out. So I'm kind of, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And, you know, I think about like when I do the pantry, sometimes it's just to make sure that there's space, but maybe twice a year, you know, I'll look at expiration dates. I'll see what, you know, we need to use up or I'll be like, you know what? We got this for a recipe that sounded great five months ago. It's not something like it's a canned ingredient that we're probably never going to use. You know, and so I'll make a pile to donate to the food bank. And in a way, there's the reason we resist doing that. It's the sense of, but I might want it later, Mm -hmm. right? There is kind of a sense of scarcity and fear or, you know, it's a sad example, but the woman who has grown several clothes sizes post-pregnancy and 10 years later hasn't gotten rid of her her skinny clothes because, right. because of that thought I might be able to fit into this later. And right. if that inspires you to get healthier, um, you know, or, or at least to get skinnier, right. Because skinny doesn't always mean healthy. If that inspires you to get healthier, then go ahead and keep them there. But if it just makes you feel bad, consider getting rid of that. And um, so when I, and, and gifting it, right? That's what I think about. Instead of hoarding things that we no longer use, let's gift them. I feel like there's such a a flow of blessing. And if we, if blessings come in and we don't let anything move out, I feel like we're creating a blessing dam. Do you know what I mean? That's eventually just going to stop up. And so even when we're pruning our prayer list, I can think of like, I am going to release this this issue that had been on my prayer list, but instead of it being, but now who's going to pray for, or, but, oh, God might be upset if I do this instead, almost treating it as a gift to the world. Now God gets to gift this blessing to somebody else. Um, We did an episode about Marie Kondo's method, didn't we? I think we might have, at least we've we've definitely talked about it. Or at least talked about her. And spiritual decluttering. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, you know, like, Again, it's not a book that aligns with Christian values 100%, but there are for sure applications to our prayer life. And I really liked her idea when you're getting rid of something, giving a, um, basically thanking it or, you know, in the Christian sense, thanking God for what it did mean to you. So you're getting rid of the, um, the craft supplies that you got five years ago and never used. And instead of feeling oh no, like I wasted all this money or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm stupid for thinking that I could find time for myself. Thank God for what it meant to you at the time. It was probably a fun thing to purchase and then it served its purpose. And then you get to gift it on to someone else. Um, I think we can do that with our prayers. As you release a prayer burden, there can be a sense of gratitude and a sense of gifting it to somebody else, right? Now somebody else gets the blessing of having this on their more regular prayer list kind of thing. And the other thing is, I think you could also look at it as an act of faith. If God, yeah. I mean, does, yeah. did God not hear all of those years of prayers or those mm-hmm. weeks of prayers or days yep. of prayers? Like, mm-hmm. of course he did. And if he's giving yeah. you release, then maybe he's saying, I'm already at work. Yeah. Time it's for okay. someone else. You yeah. Know? And I'm already yeah. at work and... And, and I've got this, this is, this this thing has been put into motion and I've got it from here. Maybe there doesn't even need to be someone else praying because you have sown Mm, that prayer energy into this thing. And God's like, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you. This thing is already the, the seed has been planted and now it just needs time. So yeah. Anyway, that's, that could be an act of faith, releasing it, knowing that God is sure 
at work. And humility, because mm-hmm. sometimes there's this sense of, oh, I can't get rid of this prayer burden because God needs me to keep praying for this. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if it's the top of the list, I think that we should have that sense of nobody's going to pray for your kids like you do, as an example. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time if God's calling you to let go of your prayers and you're stubbornly holding on, I think sometimes that is because of pride. It's because, well, no, if I stop praying for this, then, you know, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, anything wanted, else you want to bring up? I just wanted to mention that spiritual decluttering uh, episode is oh, episode yeah. 84. If anybody's interested, we do mention Marie Kondo and just how to de- how to declutter your spiritual life. So we probably touch mm-hmm. on some of the things that we talk about today, but in a different framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever like very specifically been called to release a prayer burden? And what was that like for you? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. In theory, I feel like I have, but I'm thinking about a specific example. I might need a little bit of time to think Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, Well, okay. So this is a short-term prayer burden, Mm -hmm. but um, I was praying there. My mom, I've mentioned many times, my mom had dementia and when she was at the point where my dad was no longer able to take care of her by himself, um, in his home, we, so we, he and my mom moved to Las Vegas where my husband and I were, and she ended up going to a memory care facility there in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas. And I was at their home to help the transition. So I was pregnant with our first kid. My dad and my mom and I were flying to Las Vegas from Maryland, which was a long flight. I think there were two. And, um, it was, it's hard to explain how difficult it was to handle her, you know, like to, Mm -hmm. to, to just practically get her on a plane. She was very restless. Um, she was in a wandering phase. Okay. Very easily agitated. She was confused. She didn't know what was going on and we didn't know how we were going to keep her from having a meltdown on the plane. Very, very scary kind of. And I just remember the feeling dread I already had I think I was it was November I was due to give birth in February so I was yeah I just remember being hormonally just exhausted Mm -hmm. and mentally and yeah and I just remember I went I actually went into the bathroom not even because I had to go but just to like yeah take a break because I didn't want to I wanted to be strong for my dad because he was just at his end of his rope and he even said to me I'm all prayed out. I don't even know what to pray or how to pray because I just don't even, I don't even think there are words anymore. I've been through so much. So Mm -hmm. I went in that bathroom and I just, I was like, it was the next day that we were going to fly. And I was like, God, please, like, I need your help. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. And I just, I got this, um, just God just gave me, it is going to be fine. And mm-hmm. it was one time in my life where I just felt like I don't have to be praying as yep. we get on the plane. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have to pray anymore about this because yep. he's assured me that he will do what he said, yep. what I asked him to do. Yeah. And I came out and I told my dad, I was like, 
it's going to be fine tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that? And I said, Mm -hmm. I I know it sounds a little crazy, but God just Mm -hmm. told me, like he told me, and I, I can't think of a time when I've been more sure. Wow. I Mm -hmm. slept well. I woke up. I had confidence and almost expectation. And it was so cool. Like just how serendipitous everything was like, there just happened to be like, a. A wheelchair right where we needed mm-hmm. it and an attendant yeah. like, oh let me take that and yeah. she was so happy like she was joyful wow. and peaceful and okay um and she slept the entire cool yeah so all of that to say that was kind of a short term I know that for many right. they've been praying mm-hmm. for years or and I don't mm-hmm. I I don't know about whether I've had those longer term ones, but yeah. there are just times when I think God I gives you that. that blessed assurance, like, yeah, I'm in this and I've got this. Pray mm-hmm. for something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Going back to your story real quick, I think it shows trust. It's almost like a, a kid who's like, mom, are you, are, is there going to be money for Christmas presents? And the mom says, yes, you'll have a Christmas present. But every day they keep asking, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, it's going to hurt your feelings. Eventually it's like, I said it was going to be okay. Yeah. Sometimes I think this is going to sound so weird. Sometimes I think that letting go like not praying for something is your way of showing faith at least mm-hmm. in very certain circumstances like that one mm-hmm. interesting that's so cool um i had kind of a similar thing happen so in general most of the time that my prayer burdens are released it, it kind of tapers so going back to sandy it goes from daily to weekly a couple months later it's there in monthly mm-hmm. a, a couple months later i can go and look a year back and be like oh i guess i'm not praying about that as fervently as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, a case like kind of like yours where it was right after Scott and I had broken up. And before that, I had already thought that God had kind of told me that we were going to get married. And so not only was I like pretty heartbroken from the, you know, romantic sense, but I was spiritually pretty confused. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, God, what happened? And it was right before I graduated college, I think my roommate had already gone home because um, like seniors could stay an extra month and I graduated or an extra couple weeks until commencement and I graduated early. So my roommate was already gone. Couldn't sleep. I woke up maybe like at 11 at night, <laughs> went to bed, you know, at 
10, woke up at 11, and then just spent the night praying. And basically what I was doing, this this kind of goes back to our prayers of transition, how like you can close a season by praying thoroughly for everything about it. Um, so I was, you know, I was just kind of praying for every single person I could think of in a way, probably to just kind of wrap up my season of being a college student. It got to maybe like five in the morning. I wasn't any closer to falling asleep and I could literally not think of another thing to pray for. And so I was kind of like eager beaver, like, okay, God, I'm ready for my next prayer assignment. And it was very convicting. He showed me like, okay, like (laughs) to paraphrase, like the heart behind what I felt the Lord saying was like, sweetie, you prayed for everything. But the one thing that I kind of want you to be thinking about, (laughs) like I was using my prayers for others as a way to avoid having to think about Scott and my spiritual confusion. And where was I going to go from here? And it just, it turned into, oh, okay. Like I thought it was going to be like, wow, seven hours, nonstop, way to go. And like, nope, (laughs) it was kind of the exact opposite. And he's like, okay, what I want you to do now is like, thank you for praying. That was great. Like kind of like the little toddler, like you pat him on the head, like nice job. But actually here's really why I woke you up and what I really want to talk to you about. And so again, it turned into, I could have been really prideful. I'm like, oh, but actually God, I I forgot. I haven't prayed for any missionary in China yet. And I haven't prayed for missionaries in India either, (laughs) you know, but instead it was again, an act of faith to stop praying for the things I thought I was supposed to be praying for. And really just, I didn't pray for my relationship with Scott. I basically just had to sit and acknowledge before God that I was really broken and confused way harder than spending seven hours praying for random people as it came into my mind. But that is such a good illustration of what our posture needs to be, you know, and just Mm -hmm. how, how important it is to make room to listen and invite Mm -hmm. God into your prayer life, which is so funny that, but, but Mm -hmm. you can have, you know, look at the Pharisees, you know, they sat Mm -hmm. up there and they probably, you know, pray and pray and pray about all these different things or, you know, but just this idea that our prayer list, not our Mm -hmm. relationship with God, but our prayer list can become an idol and it can be a source of pride and it can be Mm -hmm. devoid of God. It could be all us. And I'm not saying that your prayers were devoid of God. But I think we can. Sometimes we don't want to address the real, real issues. So we're going to pull out a piece of paper and go through the motions. It's kind of like um, a husband and wife who like are going through something horrific. Mm. Right. And instead of talking about that, like, oh, well, let me read you the shopping list. And then they think that because they spent 20 minutes reading a shopping list to their spouse, that they've had a connection and that their relationship is okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, definitely important to exercise that, that white space or that, that, that silence and that Mm -hmm. seeking God's Mm -hmm involvement in our prayer lives. Yeah. And actually I keep going back to what you were talking about, like home styles. I think that we can look at how we have set up our home Yeah, and figure out what that might tell us about 
our prayer lives. Like for me, I, I do kind of go by, am I kind of typical millennial? Yeah. I don't want lots of stuff on the walls. I want white space literally. Um, mm-hmm. And that's important for me in my prayer life. I don't want it to be, um, be like that one night where it's just, I'm going to go pray from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing. I want there to be breathing room. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of anything in your, in your home that can tell you something about your prayer personality? I think somewhat of the same. I do not like, I, I, I would say that I cannot have, like I had a friend that helped me organize when we were in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one thing that she told me is every time you have like a a surface Mm -hmm. that you create in your home, it invites clutter. It does. so like for me, I, I really don't like And it's true everywhere that's flat pretty much is a mm-hmm. place where people put things. So yeah, I don't like that. I don't like having that. I have it mm-hmm. a lot, but I don't enjoy that. And so mm-hmm. I do like having fewer things out and my yeah. clutter threshold is very low. I, mm-hmm. I can't maintain things, knickknacks and things. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. have a curio cabinet, which my boomer mom got me when I got married. <laughs> and so uh-huh. and it has been handy to put some things that are important. And mm-hmm. I have her China closet also. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna be really honest, in some ways those things are a burden. They're encumbrances. They mm-hmm. are, which I love the fact that I have yeah the things that remind me of her and yeah you know, in the China closet, which a lot of the things belonged to her. Yeah. And then the thing in the curio cabinet that has things that I'll display mm-hmm. like little pottery things my kids have yeah. made or things that people have given me. But in general, flat spaces, I do not enjoy having that covered. And so mm-hmm. I think my clutter threshold as well as my threshold for prayer and the number of things that mm-hmm. I can have at a given time. Yeah. Um, definitely is low. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's because focus is challenging sometimes for me. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I need to have that time to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me when I'm in a, I'm in a place like not cluttered in a messy sense, but cluttered in that like there's stuff on every single wall, Mm -hmm. every single shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, I do get a tiny bit of like, this is a noisy environment. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's harder to, to really think like, I don't, I don't get inspired by interiors of those super fancy cathedrals where it's all stained glass and it's all gold. And it's, you know, like to me, it's a, it's a little gaudy and distracting. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, like the interior of just like a, a well-kept country church <laughs> with lots of empty space, to me, that's more inviting. But, you know, let's let's also say like there's there's nothing wrong with the other ways either, you know. So especially um, a non-prayer takeaway, I think, is like moms, don't pick on your daughters for how they do their homes. Don't pick on your daughters-in-law. Mm-hmm. Similarly, like daughters and daughters-in-law don't look at how your mom does it and be like, you know, why does she keep all this stuff around? It's just, it's totally different. Um, but yeah, I, I would encourage everybody to go through that. Think about your, um, your home interior or think about like how you would set it up if you had the time and the energy and the bu- budget, like what kind mm-hmm. of aesthetic are you drawn toward right. and use that as a springboard. Like, what does this tell me about my personality? And then how can that actually 
impact my prayer life. So, you know, if you kind of like that Gen Z look where it's super colorful and there's things everywhere, like all the walls have things, what does that tell you? And how can that actually help your prayer life? I think that can be a really neat tip or trick. Um, Or like I said, think about the aesthetic that you would find the most inviting. Because like I, other than like my plants, I don't, I don't decorate my house. Like to me, that's like, nope, a house is to live in and feel cozy in. But when I'm like on Pinterest looking at pretty pictures, I really like that. I know we've never quite remember how to say the word, but that Scandinavian kind of cozy, like it's all, you know, it's wicker baskets and blankets and fireplaces. And it's that cozy feel. That's what I feel aesthetically drawn toward. And so that helps me to be like, okay, so when I come into my own prayer closet, even if it doesn't look that way around me, what I'm going for is a sense of comfort, of safety, of I am warm. Um, I love waking up in the winter and staying under the covers for 20 minutes, just getting ready mentally for the day. Yeah. Some of that looks like active prayer. Some of that just looks like resting in God's presence because Mm -hmm. that's what I feel drawn towards. So I think that that's a good exercise for all of us to think about either how you have set up your home or what kind of aesthetic does appeal to you most and be like, okay, what does that tell me about how I could set up my prayer life to look one degree closer to matching my personality than to just trying to pray like I think I'm meant to pray? Yeah, I think that's great advice. Just, you know, another example of introspection and knowing yourself helps you Mm -hmm. to live out your prayer life and walk it out in a way that suits you and yeah you can thrive in instead of Mm -hmm. looking around and being like oh i wish i had that house or that house or i wish i had that system and then Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. you know exactly yeah yeah i mean a lot of people they hate love slash hate facebook and instagram because all the pictures are super pretty and super polished and they can leave you feeling less than Mm -hmm. i would encourage you find those kinds of pictures that you're drawn toward and ask yourself like what is it tell me about what I, what I want, what, what emotions do I want? Do you really want to be that like supermodel kind of look? Probably not, but maybe there's something, maybe you just want to feel more confident in yourself. Maybe you want to feel happier because these people look so happy, like go deeper than just berating yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) for feeling drawn to a certain thing and go deeper than just hating people because they're posting pictures that look phony. And do you know what I mean? And really ask yourself, okay, like I remember once, Jamie, I'm sorry for calling you out, but you, you mentioned like there was a certain season where you stopped following certain, like of those like real homeschool mom accounts that are like very, very wholesome because it made you feel a little less than. Do you yeah. want to, is that the right way to put it? Or do you want to, is that, did I explain that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I, and, and I have several good friends that are, that have some great accounts that are mm-hmm. very, um, like have great information that I actually am following again. Yeah. But yeah. there was a short was that season. season. I think mm-hmm. it was during COVID maybe when I was yeah. schooling everybody. Where none and of us were in our Feeling best. like I was doing a horrible yeah. job. And every yeah. time something would pop up, I'd be like, it, instead of encouraging, I felt yeah. kind of, I felt less than. Yeah. And so yeah. I just, I, I, I didn't even stop following necessarily. I just stopped 
looking at those things. Stop fixating on fixating, it. And, fixating yeah. on them. Um, and now this is kind of a testament to my personality. I'm homeschooling one kid mm-hmm. and still feeling like I'm not doing the best, but I gain encouragement and ideas from those same exactly. people. Yeah. <laughs> and so and again, it's less overwhelming right yeah. now. So I feel like, oh, maybe I could implement some of that stuff right, and right. become better. But before I was yeah. so overwhelmed, I didn't think exactly. I could. Or you could even just ask, okay, why, why did this type of post trigger me? Um, and what does it tell me about my deep desires? My deep desire is to have a homeschool day that looks really structured. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then go deeper than that. Why? Because you want that sense of um, peace and calm because you want your kids to be academically successful. And then you get to say, okay, and now how do I make this work for me? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that that's a really good way, you know, as you're, yeah, most of us are on some kind of social media as you're going through that. Ask yourself, what does this tell me about me? Um, you know, if you were to look at somebody's Facebook or Instagram feed, you would learn a lot about them because you would see the kinds of posts, like (laughs) what you'd learn about me is I really like cute animal videos and have (laughs) no problem. Like if, if you promise me a picture of a really cute dog doing something hilarious, I'm going to watch it and I'll probably watch the ads to get to it. What does that say about me? And then how can I take that into something for my prayer life? Right? So Yeah. Alrighty. So as a reminder, you can go to prayingchristianwalk.com slash partner to join our new Patreon. And this is going to help support what we're doing here at the show. In addition, you get some chapters as we get them ready for our new book that's coming out. And once a month, you get to request one of my Christian fiction novels. And I think there's something like 40. So it's going to, um, You've got a lot of reading ahead of you if you want to go through that catalog. Um, Yeah, you could start with the Kennedy Stern series and get to know Sandy, who we've been talking about. And let's go ahead and leave you with our blessing and benediction. May God grow in you a heart of gratitude so that in everything you will give thanks. May you rejoice when you're enjoying plenty and rejoice when you're suffering want. May your prayer be constantly seasoned with gratitude so that you truly do enter his gates with thanksgiving. May your heart rejoice in God who richly supplies us with all that we need and grants us his abundant blessings. And our benediction is from 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.